Well, an absolute privilege here today for Turf Business. We're with one of the icons and certainly an influencer of the industry. We're with Richard Campy from Campy Turf Care. We're at the start of a new you know, turf care season. 41 years, I think you're telling me off camera that you've, you've been in the industry now, and 30 years for Campy Turf Care. Now that's a, a long journey. Where did this journey start for you? It started early in 1976 um, when I applied and got a job at Sysis in Macclesfield as a sales demonstrator. And that Sysis career, you working with any people that you know may be names that uh, have been infamous throughout the years? There was Eric Staniforth, who was the managing director, who started there when he was 14 and worked his way up to MD. There was Arthur Harrison, sales director, two great guys, whose outlook on business was go out there and get the business. And that, that early start, did that have a lasting impression on, on your kind of style, yeah, the way you wanted to? various ways they did business, and um, two or three comments they came out with, which was... Um, keep your sales force young, which we all try to, but we all get a little <laughs> bit older, grey hairs come. <laughs> um, don't involve your salespeople with chasing bad debts. Yeah. And keep your paperwork simple. Okay, and you, you've stuck to those We've three golden rules. stuck to those rules. three golden rules, yes. Yeah. And 10 years with Sysis, mm -hmm. what made you want to go off and, and do your own thing then, Richard? Um, in a nutshell, uh, um, the enjoyment went out of the job virtually overnight. I thought it was time for a change after 10 years. Okay. Very, 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 very hard to break away from a secure business, but or a secure job yep. for, with an established business. And, and you, you started Campy Turf Care, was it called that from the I, very start? I, no, no. Um, I applied for a, a job in Farmers Weekly for a local turf grower right. who, who was importing machines. Um, down in Cheshire, um, the other end of Cheshire, the county, and I stuck that for three months and thought, <laughs> if, he could, if he could run a business, I could. <laughs> but what a gain. <laughs> what? Okay. And um, we started, um, it was actually, the first name was Professional Turf Maintenance Services, right, okay. doing contract work on bowling clubs and football clubs. Okay, so you're out there being a groundsman and a greenkeeper. Oh, a little bit, days. yes, yeah, yeah. And buying and selling second-hand machinery, which led us to new equipment and it's led us to where we are today. And you moved into these premises how long ago now? Um, January the 2nd, 1988. Okay, so that's 30-odd you know, years ago. Yep. And it wasn't quite the premises that we oh, saw. coming 30 today. years ago. No, no, it was just um, it was an old dairy with a 60 by 40 portal frame building. A couple of offices and a, and um, well, they become the workshop. Okay. Does any of that building still exist, or is it all been? Yeah, well, what's probably half the workshop now was the original building. And you know, pulling in here today, a busy site, lots of machinery, lots of tractors. It's obviously, start of the season looks like it's going to be quite a good year for camping. I think so. We've got off to a good start, and uh, long may it continue. Um, I think people have. Well, we've, we know we've got the good equipment and the orders are coming in. I think the way that the company's developed has, has been off the back of some, some quality machinery. But how did you first find that, that piece of machinery that you saw that you started bringing in that changed the business? I suppose you go back to when we were contracting, we were doing a job of work each year, same customers, but you were doing 
the same job, whether it be on a golf green or a football pitch. You're going back year on year, but the surfaces weren't improving. Right. We still got the old, especially on football, the big problem of poor annual in the 90s. And uh, that natural grass surface wouldn't sustain a winter's play. You come to March, April, and yeah. you were to muddy, muddy football pitches or soil pitches, really. Or soil exposed, there was no grass. And that's when um, I was over in Holland, um, saw a photograph on a wall, asked what was, it was a different machine, asked what it was, and that's how the Coral story right, started. Okay. Eventually, um, 18 months later, met Co Rodenberg, saw what he was achieving on football pitches in Rotterdam, and realised just what the potential was of this new equipment. He got the equipment made by a local engineering company. He knew what he wanted, but there was no machine on the market. Right. Um, so he, he got a local engineering company to make it and used it and improved the quality. And we eventually brought them in to the UK, spent all the money I got because it wasn't just new machines. It was a bigger tractor to operate them right? and uh, a bigger truck to transport them. So you're still doing this as a contractor rather than the... We were, yeah, contractor stroke sales. Okay. We ended up with the opportunity to sell them in um, UK and Ireland okay. as a dealership. Um, prior to that, we had set up a dealership here at Martin with small companies like um, Hardy Sprayers then, Trimax and Dennis Mowers. Right. Small companies who had got new product and we brought them to market in, in this northwest England and... And now it's global. Now it's global, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, was it easy going with the with the Coro to start with, or was it you know did it take some convincing in the marketplace? Or with certain people, it was very hard. With some people, it was very easy. They saw exactly what it did. Um, probably first customer was John Mallinson. We did a demo day at um, Sandbach School on a rugby pitch. Right. Um, I brought them over, it was about middle of July, with a view to launching them at um, Soltex, I think that was 1997. Okay. Um, we had literature published, we had a PR company involved, and I had spent all the money I got to every last penny. So you really stuck your neck out? Yeah, and um, they came in the yard here, I looked at them and thought, what on earth have I done? <laughs> Who's going to buy these? And um, we organised this demo day. The Dutch came over to help us with the product launch. I always remember to this day three things happened. Um, there was a Yorkshire man there, Carl Pass, who was grounds manager at Sheffield University them days. Yeah. In his typical Yorkshire accent, he said, um, answer to my so-and-so prayers, that machine. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, what has that has just done in the last two hours? Takes me a week to do. Really? I said, okay. what do you mean, Carl? He says, scarify, clean up, scarify, clean up. Put a new set of blades in. He said, it takes it a week to do that. He said, if I ever work for myself, I'd buy one. And I said, well, half joking, we'll go and work for yourself. And six months later, he did. Right, okay. I think he's got seven field top makers now. Really? Okay. The bursar rang me the next day for some much grammar school asking me what I'd done to his pitch because there was no grass because <laughs> there was no grass on it and um, 
I said, well, we've used this new machine and fertilised and seeded, and um, if there was still a problem when these kids came back to school on the 4th of September, give me a ring. I've never heard from him again. <laughs> okay. Well, I have heard from him. He, yeah. he has ordered machinery, but not um, not over that. And um, on the Saturday afternoon, I had a phone call from John Mallinson, one of the leading um, pitch constructors nowadays in the UK. Yeah. Um, he wanted to buy a field top maker. We did a deal over the phone, and he, his words, I'm on my way. I said, what do you mean? I was at Burnley. Um, right. Yeah, I'll pick it up now. <laughs> I said, well, I'm at Burnley, it'll be an hour and a half before I get home. He said, that's all right. He said, I'm at Southport, I'll be an hour and a half before I get to you. And at quarter past three, he was here waiting for it. Oh, yeah. so, okay. he, so we had got off to a good start with a new machine, that's and that, and that gave us fly. confidence. And then it just it snowballed it, it, from there. Snowballed from there. Distribution build builders changed, and and Emmons, um got the rights off Co Rodenberg about yeah. six seven years ago now. And they had a, a from an engineering perspective, they had a look at the machine to update it, new rotors, and that's took the machine up to a different level. Did you have a hand in that in terms yeah, of yes, the yeah. redesign? Yeah, with the universe rotor, and we knew the little faults. No machine is one hundred percent perfect, but, sure. but we we're not far off with it with the quality. And that, that Coro now has become um, not just a machine; it's become the name for the process. Yeah, it's been it's become generic. Yeah, it's um, the Hoover vacuum. The Hoover, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that flattering, or is that slightly annoying when you you see other machines called Coros when they're not? I don't think they should use the same name. They should use their own name. Yeah, um, it's flattering in one way that um, we're just pushing the boundaries. We do believe our machine is far superior than any other that's on the market because we've innovated, we've developed. Um, it's a compliment in one way that w what we're doing is right. But all I can say when when you when customers are looking at machines, compare them like for like, talk to people who are building them, who are using them, yeah. they'll tell you. It's the customers, I'll know. You're, you're very much hands-on, and we see you at demo days still with the overalls on, getting your hands mm. dirty, playing with the kit. Um, it seems you, you enjoy what you do. Is it the turf care or the engineering side that fascinates you most? Turf care, really, to um, try and improve the quality of natural grass. Um, I think I can rightly say people who are using our machines, what we sell, they will have improved the quality. And that, that Coro was a... A game changer. Another machine that you've been associated with down the years is the Shockwave. Yeah. Um, how did that one come about? Why, why did you decide that was a machine that you wanted to be involved with? I saw it in 1979 in a big field day in Holland when I worked at Sysis. There was a leading agronomist there, STRI were there, the bosses from Sysis. They were in the next demo plot to me. Um, you were given a set time, you had half an hour to do your demos and then the customers yeah. moved on. So we were one of the early ones, about 10 o'clock, so rest of the day you could see what everybody else was doing. Okay. Yeah. And um, I saw the shockwave working, saw what it was doing, moving the ground with no disturbance. Well, it was actually called the earthquake then, but it was, right. ne okay. was never registered. And I thought I was um, giving my age away now. <laughs> I was 25, 26. Okay. Um, thought that's a good machine. I could see money being made with it, okay. but everybody else poo-pooed it and I thought they were wrong, but I, I hadn't got enough experience to explain myself. 
Okay. But um, 86, 87, soon after I went on my own, I bought two second-hand machines. Right. Started using them in the contracting on very wet football pitches, and it dried them up. Okay. So, you, so you, you really believed in that product well, in the game? Yes, yeah, yeah. Stuck yeah. your neck out and, and yes. bought them in? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a there's a bit of a pattern developing here. You'll, you'll possibly sometimes see something that some other people don't in terms of an opportunity. So that's the businessman in you. Mm -hmm. But that comes from trying to improve uh, the quality of, of natural playing surfaces. Mm. And I think your philosophy is campy. From an outsider, would seem to be that's what you know the business is built on. Would, would I be wrong in, in that oh, respect? You, you're 100% right. Yeah, that's correct. Um, you either got to do it with a lot of labour and a lot of labour, or yeah. you got to do it mechanically. And um, well, we've been very lucky in a way. I, I couldn't have gone to the big boys, you know, thirty years ago. Said I'd like your dealership. I'd like to sell your machines. But I haven't got the money. But we found small companies coming to market with good, what we thought were good products, and that's been our success. Bringing them to market. It's not been easy. I couldn't have done it all on my own. It's not just me, it's the staff we've got and people we know. But you've built up a reputation for you know, bringing good kit to market. So I think now when you came up with, you know, you found the Air 2 G2, which is you know, the more recent piece of kit that we've seen that has, has grabbed the imagination. Mm. And we're seeing them all over the place. I was telling you mm. earlier, you just mm. see every time I turn around at a pitch these days, mm. there seems to be one of those mm. hovering around somewhere. Um, you came across that in, in North America. Do you want to give us a story on, on how you spotted that one and, and why you thought that was going to be another game changer? Yeah, well, we've always looked at unconventional ways, if, you, if that's the right word. Why should we be doing something that we've done for 80 years ever since turf management started by putting metal bars or metal tubes in the ground at close centres and calling that aeration? There must be other ways of doing things. Sure. Probably going back 20 years ago, we had the Robin Dagger, which was a single probe, little hand tool, which we sold, we hired it, and um, everybody who had it thought it was fantastic, getting air in the ground. Yeah. But it, it was a very, very um, expensive machine to operate and keep running. Um, labour intensive? Labour intensive, yes, yeah. Slow, noisy. Um, it probably again just diversified a little bit going back to Masashi's days the other thing that Eric Stanifath always said speak to your groundsmen speak to your greenkeepers find out what the problems are if you make something or sell them something that makes the job easier and better they'll always bite that's always stuck in my mind we got talking to Air 2G2 it was at the golf show in Las Vegas um, five years ago just gone January just gone or February um, I always have a walk round, we had our own booth there, but that, usually if it goes quiet, I'll just walk off for half an hour and have a look, sure. at, look at the smaller booths where you see new ideas and new companies. Found this machine, had a word with them and said we'd be back and three hours went back later on just before the afternoon session finished. And um, they were a new company. They were actually contractors who built machines themselves little bit Heath Robinson but right. moved premises onto a trading estate in Jacksonville and across the road was a new or down the road was a pneumatic engineer who saw what they were doing and said I could redesign that machine from hydraulics to pneumatics right 
and that's how it all started. Okay. They had a prototype machine there. We kept in touch uh, for a year. Went back the following January when the sports turf manager manager's show was in Daytona Beach. Yep. Popped up to Jacksonville, saw it working on a golf course, and that sold it to us. Okay. And it started um, from there on distribution. Did you have a hand in helping them develop it? Did you give them any? I gave them some wisdom? tips when I first saw them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so said what I thought was wrong and um, or what could do with improving on, on the prototype. When we back, went back to Daytona Beach, we saw the current production machine and they'd done most of the things we'd said. And I said, Brilliant. my words are, I admire you, Yanks. Uh, and they said, why? I said, first time you've listened to an Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> and all they said, well, we, thought, we thought you knew what you were talking about. So, well, they obviously so yeah, it's a right. small company, nice people. Yeah. In fact, the owner was over. He'd been over with us for three weeks in, okay. in Spain, France, Holland, and then with us last week, a couple of days. They just went back last Friday. So that's a machine that you've got the rights to sell globally apart from the Americas, is yes. that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the only difference is the colour. Is that is it, that's all it is. Now we keep so your, your version is blue. Our version is blue, so we can't sell out of area, else we'll sure. get caught out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a machine that we're seeing crop up worldwide now. I mean, I think I've seen them in Madrid, I've seen them at Wembley. Yeah. Uh, we see tweets and we see coverage of them. Yeah. I think you're telling me that you know they're down in uh, New Zealand and Australia. Japan, yeah, there's a lot over there today. One, oh, one of my men's gone to career in Japan. So you're your start point here as you know a local contracting business for you know the best description that I've given that's how mm -hmm. it started to a global player and an influencer in the market um, does that give you a, a real sense of satisfaction or you still want to achieve more I think we, anybody can always achieve more obviously I'm coming to possibly end of my working career you haven't got an announcement for us? No, 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 not today. <laughs> okay. That will be a um, scoop. <laughs> we, we've enough staff coming through, younger lads, who we've brought through, who I hope were equally as capable yeah. as what I've probably been. And they'll carry the job forward if we can still find. You've still got the glint in your eyes. Is, is there any other kit that you're still looking for? Is there something else on the horizon? There might be additions to existing products. Okay. I mean, I'm not asking you no, to break it. No, um, we don't really know yet, but we're always two or three companies we're dealing with. Um, not just him, there's Dakota, there's Air 2. We'll be expanding the range over the next okay. few years. That'll be interesting to see. And yeah. you know, uh, we'll, we'll look out for that. And I guess they'll, they'll sit with that philosophy of making the groundsman's life easier. Ho and, hopefully, yes. Yeah, and yeah. improving the quality of, yes. of surfaces. So over the next few years, there'll, there'll be challenges and new challenges for the industry, what do you think they're going to be? We see, we've probably seen it a little bit this last 18 months to two years. Procurement comes into it. Right, okay. Want to elaborate on that for me? Oh, well, a little bit. You get big organisations, get guys who've been trained on procurement coming into it, trying to treat this industry as a little bit like the car industry. Right, okay. Dealers are factory owned. Well, that, that's not the case most dealers are family businesses yeah we, they've all grown yeah but they're still end of the day family businesses and it's them guys who speculate to accumulate um 
But you trying get. to trade with you as if it's a commodity rather yeah. than a, yeah. you know, a not, specialist not, not, not the price down. You know, we, we're all in yeah. business to make money. Yeah. Um, it's not a big volume industry. Um, can't really say much more at the moment on, <laughs> on that. I'm not asking you to go into territory that <laughs> no. uh, is, um, uh, is challenging. It's, cha it's challenging. Um, yeah. We also see local authorities, cutbacks, cutbacks. Well, once you get to the bone, you can't pair it much more. No, that's true. Um, we see the standards of local authority football pitches. Despicable. Okay. Um, I've seen what's happened in Europe over 40 years. They've come from very, very poor quality to excellent quality. They've got their act together. And is that act together in terms of the quality of the groundsman, or is it the way that they're, they're structuring? It's way it's structured. There might be not so many groundsmen, but a lot of contractors in Europe, very, very good contractors who are building okay. and looking after sports complexes. They built right, they haven't cut corners, built with the right materials. All too often we see it's a brownfield site being levelled off, six inches of topsoil have been put on, drains that don't connect or drains that run uphill, you know, water, <laughs> do, water does go the other way. Um, very, very badly constructed. Okay. We, we see too much of that in the UK. So, Campy, how is it going to help meet those challenges? I mean, I guess. In terms of the infrastructure, there's not a lot you can do to change that, but I guess, are you going to try and educate those people that are I'll buying try, from you? try, but some are beyond educating, some okay. local authority people. We've offered to take them over to Holland, France, have a look, speak to people. They think that's corruption. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they can't travel. I don't, I, I don't really know how a lot of local authority people are going there. So if you work for a local authority and somebody says you can come over here and learn how to be better at your job, you're not allowed to do it. Not allowed okay. to do it. Okay, that's that's a real shame. It is. Um, all so the good. You feel like you're banging your head against a, a yeah, brick yeah, wall. Yeah. yeah, all the good guys, knowledgeable guys have gone. They've left it to retirement redundancy. People are in charge. You, what have it's tagged onto environmental health. Yeah. Uh, grounds maintenance doesn't come into it. So quality is very much secondary to budgetary concerns, yes. yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that has an impact on not just sport and, and leisure for people, it has a, an impact on health as well. Cause, Without you know, a doubt, the government on one, one hand are pushing more physical training, or not training, uh, playing football or sport. Activity, keep people off the national health books. If yeah. the pitches or the parks areas aren't up to scratch. Your kids won't play. They'll play, they'll play on a computer. Yeah, they won't play. And sport. It's it's sad. It is. Mm. And you you look at Europe and you look at Australia and you look at other yeah. you know, places where they seem to have just got yeah. it flipped the other way around. And I, I'm not saying it's every local authority, but there's a no. hell of a lot in this northwest England that don't meet any standards. Your influence and, and your presence, both as an individual and a professional and a company, mm -hmm. Campy, uh, is. Second to none, I think, in terms of the, the turf care industry. But you are putting something back as well, and that's that's something that you know I hear quite a lot of. Can you give us some examples of, of the kind of things you do, Richard? Yeah, we can share knowledge. We do take customers over into Europe or to America 
to, to attend shows whereas um, any potential customers over there in them countries can they'll talk to them they'll explain what's going on what they're doing and again mm. that's trying to that's trying to further enhance the quality of natural food and that's not just you know selling them your kit because no. they're learning other stuff while they're out there aren't that's they, right so? uh, and also um if we have customers coming over we can take them to see these guys they can talk to them on a one-to-one -one basis and try and learn and those who've done that have gone back home and certainly altered things so you know you're helping with their education you're mm. helping drive standards i guess yes yeah. yes i'm aware of student exchanges and students that you've had come over and, and spend time with you here can you give us a little bit of something on that yeah um just over two years ago we started with um a lad called jack Leanham. he came over he was um from our ohio state on a distance learning program for his turf science degree um from nebraska uh, we got to know Mark O'Keefe for going to shows in America yeah. and said to him, we'd like, you know, if it's possible, if you've got a student. Um, Jeff came over, a very, very nice lad, only 20 years old. He went with a lot more experience than what he came with, both uh, socially and uh, business-wise <laughs> and <laughs> from working. He travelled around most of Europe with us. He actually ended up, on the after eight weeks, doing a talk for, to the Hungarian FA on his experience. Wow. Okay which was very, very good for a 20-year-old lad. And That's a fast track. We've kept in touch with him since then. Last year, we had a young lad from Australia, again through Ohio State. That's the guy we met in uh, in Maidstone, I think. That's in right, demo days, yes, yeah. yeah. And um, this year, we've another guy coming. I think he's due with us sometime this next month, so, so straight after Easter. So, as a company, I'm not sure what you get back from that other than the fact that you feel like you're, you're doing well, something. Well, we're doing a little bit and um, we're probably educating them guys in the modern ways. Yeah. What you mustn't forget, we all get older, we all get set in our ways. If somebody's done something, what they've always done for 35, 40 years, very, very hard to get them to change their ways. And did you learn anything from, from these guys that have come over? Yeah, younger lads are a lot more willing to learn and try and go back with. Go back and tell okay. his colleagues, etc., etc., and to use new ideas. And, and spread the word. Yes. Another area I think that um, we think you've put something back in is, is your passion and commitment to encouraging best practice. Do you want to give us a little bit about that, Richard? Yeah, it's. You can say it's all these demo tours we do. Um, we go around and show the product, show it actually working, not just a demo, it's working as it's meant to work. And uh, we've done them for, I think it's the eighth year now. Um, mm. Last year was in the UK, but the rest of the other years have been in Europe. This year we start last week of April um, in France, working his way through um, Northern Italy, Slovenia, Croatia, round to Hungary, back through Austria, Germany, and into the Netherlands. And is that like being on tour? It's been on tour. Um, lads are away for two or three weeks at a time. We do share it and, and split it um, as best we can. Sounds fun, but I bet it's hard it's work. It's hard work. They know when they've done oh, six, seven weeks' work. It, it's pretty hard driving. work. A lot of driving, a lot of setting up. and But at the end of the day, we're renovating a, a pitch or an area 
customer can see results after three or four months. Expensive, yes, but it does tend to pay off. Mm -hmm. so, and we've been very, very lucky having the staff and vehicle expertise to be able to do that. And we've been to some of the ones that you've done around the UK. Usually pretty well attended. Do you get similar kind of attendance levels overseas? We do anywhere from 40, 35 to 40, up to about 100. France really? will be 100. Okay. What is very, very noticeable, especially in the UK, um, the invites were all sent out by ourselves and, for, and by our dealers. Very, very few local authority people came. Really? Um, I think we did 11 venues in England, Scotland and Wales two in Ireland, one in Northern Ireland. There were more local authority people came to Northern Ireland venue than all the others in England and Wales put okay. together. Okay, that tells a tale, doesn't That it? does tell a tale, and we know this year, or this last six months, machines have been ordered by two or three local authorities from what they saw. Right, okay. So that's from, from Northern Ireland? Yes. So why that is different, you tell me. I don't know. Same legislation, same, same yeah. setups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, must be something to do with the potatoes. Must be. <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to have a legacy when you, you do finally hang up the overalls or you know decide that you you know you've got other things that you want to do, mm -hmm. what would you like that legacy to be? That we have just moved the, the industry forward and not to another step, another level, which I think I can. I'll help. We've helped to move that industry. Yeah. The, I, I think you to another level. You've been a, a big part of that, Richard, and you know, mm. we we personally like to congratulate you mm. for that and, and hope you continue to do it. And I personally can't see from what I know of you, you really willingly letting go and uh, not being involved in some way going well, forward. The younger ones say I'll never let go, but they might be surprised one day. <laughs> <laughs> when we look at your influences, okay, so you've mentioned uh, the MD at Sysis quite a bit, but you'll have met a lot of guys down the years. First off, we'll talk about who's had the biggest influence on, on you and your career. I suppose one of the first guys I ever met was Archie McTaggart, who was head groundsman at Motspur Park, okay. our University of London, I think it was then. Um, there was PM Phillips down at Rolls-Royce at Crewe when I first started. They were guys that coming to the end of their career, but obviously knew what they were talking about knew what they were doing in them days with very very limited mechanical machinery to what they were achieving um, moving on you've got um, on football you've got Steve Braddock at Arsenal training ground who what he's achieving is perfection you've got Darren and Paul at uh, Tottenham Again, they've got a new training facility, which is probably um, well, it's certainly one of the most expensive in the UK and the way it's maintained. Yeah. It's not just the pitches, it's all the perimeters, the vegetable garden, the lawns, all maintained to a very, very good standard. You've got young Paul Burgess in Real Madrid. Young Paul Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, maturing. Yeah. A bit like me, says what he thinks. Yeah, he certainly does. Um, <laughs> You've also got a guy in Czech Republic called Czech, we call him Czech Joe, but a lot of people know him as Joe. Um, he moved the jab on over there. 
Okay. Um, there's a few people up and down. So they're, they're so. the influencers now. So you're continuing to, to see people that are influencing Yes, you yeah, yes. It, it, I think it always... Well, it's the guys at the top of the profession. There, there was... Um, obviously, there's Neil at Wimbledon. Yeah. Um, who took over from Eddie Seward. Eddie was one of the first to... Well, he attended one of the first demos um, of the Coral at Chelsea Football Ground. Right. And he pulled me on one side. Excellent machine. Far too big for... Wimbledon, but we need one. If you ever make a smaller one, let me know. Two years later, they made smaller ones, and they, they've there. never looked back at Wimbledon. It's that's what's given the help to go to the quality. I suppose there's also it's not just machinery; it's grow lights. They've helped on top yeah. venues, seed companies building better, um, breeding better seed. So looking back, there's a lot. There's a lot of. So it's not just the technology. No, it's it's the guys. It's, harness, that. it's harnessing everything together. And okay. I'd like to say we've been at the forefront of all that. Okay. All helped one another. What's the thing you like most about the turf care industry? Every day is different. There's no set rules, there's no set things what you're doing every day. Every day is different. Okay. Different people, different customers. Different, different problems. Yeah. And come on in, so... Uh, goes hand in hand the yin and yang to that question what do you like least bureaucracy okay from where government red tape okay richard our last question for turf business tv on this this interview is who looks after the grass at home and what do they use to cut it me okay <laughs> i use a ransom's mastiff and then I seek your rotary, both nearly as old as me, but they still work well. And is your lawn in good shape? A lot of moss. Is it? This winter, yeah. <laughs> Once a bit of lawn sand on it. <laughs> well, I'm sure you know someone that can help with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard, it's been an absolute pleasure and a delight speaking to you. Thank you right. so much for your time. Thanks very much. Thank you.